Mohammed, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast, episode number two. The at day number two, it's a seamless uh, conference. We are talking about a global healthcare company, uh, a provider in the beauty and uh, um, uh, pharma market, um, I would say. Before we dive into the business, uh, maybe tell us why are we here at the seamless uh, uh, conference? First of all, thank you very much for this opportunity uh, to be talking in uh, this podcast, as you mentioned, session number two, uh, why I am in uh, Seamless. Seamless is a very important event for the uh, business and uh, for, I mean, for the business community in general. So this is my second time I attend Seamless. Last year, I was just a visitor this year. I've got, uh, uh, I participated in a panel in the first day about alleviating uh, brand and businesses in Saudi Arabia. So, and tell us a bit more about a global healthcare um, um, company, about the markets you're uh, you're serving. Good. Uh, GHC is a holding company which owns uh, retail and distribution interests. So, we founded uh, a Saudi brand known as White's. Whites is the first uh, ever beauty. I remember when we established the business back in 2008, uh, we started talking to the uh, distributor about having a makeup in the uh, pharmacy. And they said, it's a pharmacy. You're saying it's a pharmacy and you want makeup. It doesn't make sense. We said, yes, in Saudi Arabia at that point of time. Yes, it doesn't make sense. But this is the global uh pharmacy they offer uh, pharmacy they offer otc they offer beauty products they offer personal care we said no we cannot we said is there any system government issues they said no but that's the rule so we spoke with a couple of companies uh, back then uh, revlon in the united states and l'oreal in paris to get uh, the permission and the license from the distributor to sell uh, Maybelline and Revlon. So we succeeded. It took us about six months, and then we were the first pharmacy ever in Saudi Arabia uh, listed uh, beauty brands and makeup. So, But this was then under the uh, retail chain name Whites? Whites. When you started? Oh, that was Whites. Okay. Whites. Mm -hmm. So that was what we founded as a Saudi brand. Back then, we were the disruptor of the market. Today, every pharmacy in Saudi Arabia since 2000, I think uh, 12, after four years of our existence, they started selling makeup. And if you go to any normal pharmacy in Saudi Arabia, you would see between four to eight, some of them, they have 14 brands of makeup and skincare. So we have disrupted the market back then in 2008. We were the first to sell the makeup, the first to sell even the skincare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and uh, how how big are you today? Like in terms of how many stores, how many people working revenue-wise? Uh, back uh, uh, to Whites as a brand, um, we have nearly 120 stores today. And uh, we do have one platform uh, as an e-commerce and we have a digital touch points. Uh, it's a type of vending machine, but it's a very interactive and engaging um, uh, kind of a spot. You find it in the airports, you find it in the colleges, particularly the female colleges and some of the busiest uh, working uh, spaces in Riyadh. 
Okay, let's stick for a moment with the beauty side because um, if I were talking or I'm talking to my friends and network, obviously in Europe about Saudi Arabia, they have like still a, the, the, the picture from like, I don't know, 2005 where there's no uh, women on the street or the women that are on the street do have like their their burqa uh, dress. So then the question would be, um, that cannot be a makeup marker. So because they don't show themselves to the public uh, and therefore there must it must be a small market nobody wants to in invest in C can you give us some insights or can you can you help them to understand how it's uh, how it's today and how it was like in 2012 because really opening up began uh, began like i don't know 2019 i think 2018 um, right. but you started your your chain already like 2008 uh, yeah 2008 which is like more than like 10 years before that yes and then you say Even then, there was a market for this product that was that was underserved already. Also, there were not too much female to see on the streets. Good, that's a good question. The makeup uh, historically is selling in this country from day one. Okay, and I wouldn't uh, mention what was the day one, but uh, in the uh, market, the makeup and the skincare and the hair care they used to sell a lot from a sector or a channel known as the perfumery. So we used to have um, uh, a traditional uh, shops selling perfumes, makeup, cosmetics, skincare, hair care. And there used to be a kind of organized stores known as Gazaz back then. Gazaz is one of the oldest houses in Saudi Arabia. So this was, I would say, to 2008. In 2008, as a pharmacy, we thought of adding the skincare, the hair care, and the makeup in our assortment. And I told you uh, previously about how we have uh, plugged in this uh, categories within the pharmacy uh, space. Now, the female in Saudi Arabia, they wear the traditional abaya and the burqa or the hijab in general. But it does not mean that they don't wear uh, a makeup or perfumes. They do. When they are within their female gatherings, if there is a marriage, if there is any social events or gathering, they wear perfumes. They wear uh, uh, the latest makeup back then. Now, 2000, uh, with the beginning of the 2000s, the covering of the face slightly became uh, adopted in the society. It started from uh, cities like um, maybe Jeddah, uh, maybe like the Mam, uh, and then it has gone inside to the central provinces such as Riyadh, Ghassim, and the rest of the areas. So we started seeing in the beginning of the 2000s a lot of uh, Saudi or local females open their faces. Back then, even the expatriates, whether Arab expatriates or Western expatriates, they're not uh, uh, obliged or forced to cover their face. Yes, to cover their hair or put hijab on the top of their heads like a scarf. Yes, that was uh, a mandatory or a compulsory. Uh, we started seeing a lot of uh, 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 hijab or opening the face, 2005, 2008, and with 2017-18, when the that, that's the disruptive happens in the empowerment of a female when they started driving the cars themselves. So uh, 
they have uh, we've set up uh, the uh, driving schools and then uh, the uh, license has been granted to the females i'm not sure okay that was june 10th of june i think 2018 if i remember correctly 10th of june uh, 2018 so back then uh, the female they started driving they have this empowerment to drive freely and also <clears throat> uh during uh 2012 i would say we started seeing a lot of females working in the private and public uh, sectors today some of the companies they have uh 25, 35% of their workforce are female. Even they could be reaching to, uh, in some of the industries, to 50%, and they cross that, especially in the uh, boutiques and um, uh, beauty industry. Mm -hmm. So that, I would say, in a nutshell, what I have described about the uh, uh, women and the makeup industry in the past and at the present. Uh, we had here in the podcast um, uh, Ronnie Fröhlich, uh, the founder of Golden Scent, who is like in the fragrance business, in the perfume business, and he said that the average spend per capita, so per, per woman here in the region, is five, five times higher on uh, perfumes uh, um, than it is in the rest of Europe. So it's a, it's a big market. Is it the same in, um, in, in, in the makeup uh, industry, or is it, like, is it rather a match? Would like a, a woman in, in Europe spend more or less the same amount on makeup um, as it is here in Saudi Arabia? Uh, I think in Saudi, they, they tend to spend um, a lot because uh, uh, but maybe uh, we don't spend across all the categories of makeup. Now, if I go and talk about the makeup, face, eye, they take the major share. The number one selling category in Saudi Arabia is anything related to the eye. So the eyelashes, the mascara, um, uh, the highlighters of the eyes, these what really sells a lot. Then comes the lips. Then uh, comes the rest of the uh, face uh, makeup. Okay, so it's... So could be the case that the 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 spending uh, the spending amount is close to what uh, females and rest of the world are spending on makeup uh, i don't have a latest number of uh, uh, what is the women spend um, uh, in the west but i can talk about saudi arabia um, they are between uh, 6 7000 a year up to 14000 a year just on makeup Which is in dollars, uh, three thousand dollars. Yeah, $3, I would say in average, like three thousand dollars is. I think that's very even, that's that's even above the European spend. I will check it. I will I will figure it out. I will ask Tina Müller, the former CEO of Douglas, what is the average okay. spend. But I think it's like it's it's above the spend in in Germany. But uh, before we go into like um, the the retail channels uh, for makeup, um, maybe let's um, let's spend some minutes on the on the uh, pharmaceutical industry. So how does it work here? So people, I guess, uh, do have like doctor's appointment and they are buying then the uh, pharma products from a pharmacy. Is it the same like in, in the rest of the world? How it's working here? Distribution pharmacy otc and rx products okay uh, it started with a consultation with the pharmacist so the pharmacist is a very trustworthy opinion for uh, the community so it in some cases would even replace a doctor you would go to your pharmacist if I you have go, like yeah i'd go to the pharmacist and tell him about the skin type and he might able he might be eb, uh, uh, able to even diagnose and says this is an oily skin or it's a dry skin or it's a combined skin. But what we have seen in the past 10 years, the uh, emerging clinics, the dermatologists, 
is arising in this country. So a lot of uh, female, particularly uh, clienteles, they go to the uh, to those clinics frequently, maybe once in a month. And some of them, if they are late, they go once in a quarter. So they visit the doctor between, I would say, uh, three, four times to even uh, it goes up to 12 times. So at uh, we used to see people visiting those clinics in the past 10 years, like 40 plus. Today we see even in the 20s, they go in the middle of 20s, they go and uh, meet those dermatologists in order to take preventions and, you know, um, uh, take care of the uh, skin, take care of the uh, hair itself. So uh, uh, today, majority goes to a doctor and take a professional consultation. Then they go to the uh, uh, pharmacy and take their uh, medications and take their routine, I would say, of the skin and routine of the hair. They take extra, extra, extra care today, female. And also we have seen lots of uh, male also taking care of their skins and their uh, hair as well. How, how would you compare um, your white retailer brand with European brands today? Would you say it's like it's similar to Douglas? Is it similar to Sephora? Is it, like, are, is, it, is it something like that? We are not far from Douglas in Germany or I would say the boots in the UK. Mm. Because um, if you come to any white store, uh, we sell medicine, definitely. because But you also sell like RX medicine. Only uh, pharmacists are allowed to distribute. Uh, well, we have also the OTC mm. and we have the supplements, the food supplement and the vitamins. Vitamins, uh, whether for the skin, for the nair, uh, for the hair and the general, I would say, uh, wellness uh, vitamins. But uh, um, if you look at a pharmacy in Saudi Arabia, between 50 to 75 percent, their sales revenue comes from medicine mother and baby uh we are not in whites we don't even cross 10 percent of medicine but oh, it doesn't okay. mean that our revenues are small or tiny it's actually meaningful and very significant uh, compared to the pharmacies but the contribution is 10 percent the other 90 percent it goes uh 45 percent to skincare and around uh, skin, no, it's, I would say up to 60, skincare and makeup. Mm. And the rest is personal uh, care. And do, you and do you sell private label brands? Where it's okay? We do. Yeah. We do. Is and it an important share of the market? Already? Very, very important. Very, very important. If I compare, uh, Nahdi is the largest uh, pharmacy. They have nearly a thousand stores. Today, their contribution of uh, mm, private label is 10%. That's nearly... 100 million real because their their turnover is 10 billion and and your uh and your private label share how how big is it it's about uh, 12 12 12 percent and, and it's growing i guess it's very growing right. and we develop our private label uh 100 in europe we don't go to the far east we don't go to the middle east why uh, we believe the ingredients and the clientele which we serve they would love to see maiden Netherlands, made in Germany, made in Italy, made in France. That's the kind of clientele we are serving. So, okay. I can't so because it creates more trust? Uh, yes. Okay. And let, let, let me look to a potential customer here. Is this true, Bisan? Would you, would you rather buy made in Germany? 
Okay. If you she's, ask Pesan, she's nodding. Yeah. yeah. If you ask her today, I will give you a makeup remover wipes uh, made in Middle East. Yeah. Okay. Or made in France, and the price is the same, or slightly between seven to ten percent. She would opt. Okay, I see. Not interesting. Inter interesting. Okay, let's uh, let's maybe spend some time on the on the channels. Um, you said uh, one of your distribution channel is online. So, how important is the online channel compared to the 120 stores you're running? Oh, uh, back uh, to uh, I would say pre-pandemic, we used to have five percent generally, and post-pandemic, during the pandemic and post-pandemic, it has gone to 15 and 17 percent. So we're talking. On average, a Saudi uh, pharmacy um, is about 10 to 20. The highest is 20% and the lowest you wouldn't be less than 10 today. And are you running into a pricing competition online because you're still, your private label share is like below 20%. So if you're listing all the products you're, you're providing in your, in your stores online, then you obviously are running into the risk that people are comparing prices. I'm getting this Madeline lipstick, whatever, at White's for $10. And if I go to a, to a competitor, I get it like for $8. So do you see this uh, risk or, or, or this challenge? Good. We don't do any kind of promotions in whites. We have never done promotions and we will never do promotions. Now, why? in order, because the perception of the brand, we give value of money. So my guests, they don't expect us to, to give them uh, discounts, but we give them, we are a very generous uh, brand. We give them actually uh, gifts. We give them vouchers. We give them uh, free samples to use. For new products, we give sometimes, uh, sometimes, okay, two plus one in the uh, in the private label. Not quite often. In 2013, in order to compete with the pharmacy channel, uh, we have decided to acquire another chain of pharmacy, and we acquired this chain of pharmacy in 2013 June. Um, known as Canoes, we have redefined, revamped, and also make a kind of facelift to this uh, channel. Uh, canoes is our go-to-market value proposition chain. We do aggressive promotions. We follow uh, price index. We have deep cut promotions. We have gifts. We have uh, bundles like buy three. And you get the fourth one uh, free by six, by two plus one. So all these kind of bundles, we motivate our guests to buy uh, bundles rather than buying single units. And the perception today in Riyadh, because Canoes exists just in Riyadh with uh, 75 uh, stores, uh, that it is the lowest uh, pharmacy in Riyadh. Price-wise. Price-wise. Okay, then no rebate, no rebates, no discounts are needed uh, yeah. in that case. Now, with 2018, 2019, and post-pandemic, things became very, very difficult for a normal consumer in Saudi Arabia, whether local or expatriates. Uh, we had to do a lot of changes, and a new channel erupted in the Saudi market, similar to the discounters in Germany, like the Lidl and the LD. 
in the FMCG and the uh, uh, supermarkets industry, uh, we have had a lot of discounters came after 2020 in the supermarket industry, and they have disrupted the market a lot, and they have affected the business of the supermarkets. Just uh, but they were focusing on groceries because we have in, in Germany or Central Europe we have this um, drugstore business which is very different from all the rest of the world. We have a DM Rossmann where we have uh, where we have like focusing on like uh, beauty, healthcare, whatever. Very low prices. You get your shower gel, your toilet paper, all the makeup stuff you need. It's like hundred percent this. Then I haven't found it like uh, in other places in the in the world yet. But that's that was a different thing that came here into Saudi. Twenty nineteen, uh, like the discounters erupted in the supermarket industry. Uh, we have a new channel. We call them discounters. Also, they have existed. Same like you mentioned in Germany, like the DM or the Rossmann. So Machazen al Inaya. We call these people discounters or Inaya. They have shaken the market. Historically, the brands from Europe or across the globe, what they do in the pharmacy, they have a suggested sell price. So they tell you this shampoo, this shower gel, this mascara, this uh, 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 eyeliner is fixed price, let's say 50 rials. You get a discount 35, 45%. So you have to respect that RSP. The discounters, they did exactly the same like the uh, pharma industry. They bought the products and they said, listen, we will not abide with the your suggested RSP. So you're giving me this as 50 real. My discount is 50%. I'll sell this at 29. So I make four reals. And they have created a segment or a channel in the market. I was yesterday having uh, a side discussion with Nielsen IQ. And Nielsen is uh, a known uh, audit uh, retail industry. Yeah. And they say to me, Mohammed, do we need to create a channel of discounters in the supermarkets and in the pharma industry like the discounters? I said, yes. Do you think they will prevail? I said, they would if they adapted exactly the same, if they adapt the same techniques what is being followed in Europe, but if they continue just giving away margins without vision, without a goal in the head, yes, they might be a flop in over years. But I think it's a very considerable uh, uh, channel has emerged in the Saudi market, the discounters, whether in the supermarket business or in the uh, drug stores, um, uh, cosmetics, skincare, makeup, etc., etc. For for your online business, where now fifteen to seventeen percent of the business is made uh, revenue wise, how do you attract customers? Do you go here in Saudi also via Google uh, search and try to convince customers to come to your store? How does it work? Yeah, of course. Uh, the marketing spend uh, it has to be wisely uh, put in the right channels. So the Google ads. And of course, uh, the uh, Facebook, when I say Facebook, I mean the Instagram, the Snapchat, we spend a considerable budget on those uh, channels to uh, build organic growth for our store. So we become not, um, we become organically in the top of the search, not like advertisement, every time advertisement. So we spend wisely, we invest uh, with Algolia, which is uh, a French company which helps you to find the keywords uh, searching um, and reaching to also key partner uh, of Spryker actually yeah that's mm. good 
That's good. So you reach to the audiences and we are 100% knowing our audience. When it comes to canoes, it's the family, large family. They have uh, four to six and above family member. When it comes to whites, we're targeting young Gen Z millennials. So female, when it comes to whites. Maybe tell us a bit more about like the shopping behavior in general. So um, when we had the seamless conference in Dubai, everybody was talking about Saudi and Riyadh. It's, uh, here's the real deal. So it's really growing. So incomes are increasing. There's really money spent. So streets are building. If you, I was uh, I was watching like Riyadh from the King's Tower uh, sky bridge oh. uh, uh, the other day, and it's like it's it's you see like you can watch the city grow more or less, uh, dependent where 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 you go. Is it like? Is it just a Riyadh thing or is it like the same happening in, in Dammam or, or, or Jeddah? Like At this point of time, uh, with the vision uh, 2030 and also a vision of the crown prince to make Riyadh, uh, I would say, a big metropolitan city, we are today having a house or a population of seven to eight million. And in the next 10 years, I think by... Uh, uh, 2035, uh, we would become 15 million population to 20 million. So at this point of time, the expansion... So even more traffic. Yeah, more traffic. But uh, I would say wise. Um, the uh, public transportation, it's been uh, running for quite a long time. Since 2012, we are building uh, the metros and the bus networks. So I think in uh, maybe... End of next year, we will have the uh, metro up running. So there would be a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, people commuting very, very uh, smart in the city. Same like what you see in the uh, big cities in the world, like New York or Tokyo. Yeah. So you will find a lot of people yeah. traveling in public yeah, it's, it's, There's definitely not enough space for another 8 million cars in the city that I can say after <laughs> two days <laughs> sitting <laughs> in an Uber in the in the traffic and in, in the in, yeah. the, in the traffic jam. Maybe some couple some some questions on like uh, your your growth. So it's like it's um it's a family owned business uh, I guess whites. Uh it's uh it's not a family, it's a uh, a corporate business. Uh, we have shareholders but those shareholders are businesses. Okay. They're not families. And so and, 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 and the growth. When you think about like okay, there's like organic growth because like the country is spending so much money and like uh, attracting uh, people to come in and obviously all the people need to spend on uh, beauty and healthcare. So yeah. good good uh, good market to be in. Yeah. But uh and organic growth, when you can one to one to win uh, market share from other providers, which you can do obviously via private labels and other strategies. So how do you fuel it? I guess it's a cash flow positive business. It's not like a VC business where you like spend millions and millions every year and wait for the return in like 10 years. So how do you, um, how do you grow efficiently here? Hey, Saudi business uh, community is very mature. So they don't spend money. If they see business is not viable three, five years, they would definitely say, listen, we made a mistake, close down. Today, we are like, since 2008, we are actually, we crossed 12, 13 years. We are very profitable business. And how we manage our business, we have very strict uh, key performance indicators. So we look at our inventory stock turns. We look at uh, the profit margins and organic growth for the existing stores. So if I grow my business 10% or 15%, and that is a result of the new stores, we're making a big mistake. So we 
definitely look at the growth of the store itself. If you say to me, if you say to me, how do you fuel this growth in a store which is 12 or 15 years? We keep developing these stores. I'll give you a, an example of a store we opened in 2008. And today it's uh, near, uh, we are almost like 2024. This store has been renovated four times in this period of time. Most recent is uh, six or seven months ago. And the brand itself, White, and the brand at, uh, like Knuz, we have made a huge changes. So White, in the, uh, in the 12, 12 years, after 12 years, we have changed the whole logo, to, uh, the typography, the environment of the store to be perceived as a beauty destination um, in the uh, Saudi retail arena. What do you expect is the e-commerce share when the vision is um, eventually achieved in um, 2035 in your, in your category? Uh, side by side, the brick and mortar, the, uh, I would say the omni-channel, they would all exist. So there is no uh, way the brick and mortar would close. Uh, we see uh, e-commerce is coming and inevitably it will take a maximum share. If we are talking about 20 and less percent, then the 20, 20, 35, we would definitely reach 50%. I'm very, very positive, uh, positive about that. People spend times, quality time in the families in the weekend they don't want to go out because they work 10 12 hours and as you mentioned about the traffic jams they take a couple of hours to go and come back to the uh, commuting from house to office office to house so when people stays a lot indoor in the offices in the houses they won't really to buy things they will not stop buying clothing or food food is today is the uh, biggest in the uh, chain I'm sure, okay, they would reach 50% before 2035. Then my last question, um, obviously, it, uh, on the channel side Ask is... Hunger Station, yeah. Delivery Hero. They will yeah. tell you how they are taking and how they are growing this German tycoon. Big, big in Saudi Arabia with the dark stores. They have nearly 60 stores in, in Riyadh only. Who, Delivery Hero? Yes. And are you for ordering a Delivery Hero, for example? I do. I order. I order, uh, 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 I order for myself food, okay, when, when mm. I'm in the office afternoon, but obviously uh, uh, the household or the, my family, they order from Delivery Hero and they order from Jahaz, the competitor, the local competitor brand of Delivery Hero. Okay. One last point on the channel side uh, for the beauty business. It, it kind of is obvious that you can, uh, because the market is opening, I guess like um, the even like the Saudi market uh, opens like spas, like female spas, male spas, whatever. And we saw in uh, in Europe that Sephora or Douglas they are moving into that area, saying, okay, let's let's do like a Douglas spa because it's vertically integrated. We can have like the beauty experience plus selling beauty products, which is even more enhanced, like to the just retail store experience. Is this a strategy you might also following? Mm, that's a good question. We have another business. Apart from the retail, we have a distribution company. In the distribution company, we distribute quite a lot of products and brands that sells only in the spas and the salons. What I have seen personally in the past 12 years, 
there is a lot of uh, eruption and evolution in this industry. The quality of spas in Saudi Arabia has alleviated a lot. They used to be just uh, like, uh, I would say, mama store. She just an old lady and she just make a kind of face makeup and hair styling. Today, it has gone to uh, extra services. Nail is a big industry in Saudi Arabia. Eyelashes is a big industry within these uh, facilities. I have seen uh, in the past three years uh, the emerging of a new concept. If you go to the diplomatic quarter, we have a business there known as the core. The core is a health club for male and female, but also they have a high quality standards spa. And a lot of my clients in the distribution channel, they have even evolved their businesses. And this is a key industry for us. And uh, some of those partners, when I say partners, they're my clients. They have asked us to help them in their research and development to add more services. So one of them, last week I had a meeting with him. He said, Mohammed, we are just in the nail and the lashes industry. We would love to go to make face, to make massage, et cetera, et cetera, services. I want you to investigate. I want you to do R&D for us. Help us with the headhunting. Help us with the products and also the SOPs. And uh, uh, our company is equipped with this uh, kind of um, uh, capabilities to uh, help the partners. Okay, so it's a growing business as far as far as it's not yes. like it's not like in um, Germany where you have like mixed saunas, like female and male. So that's a couple of uh, no, tickets no, away. No, no. So, it's, it's, like uh, it's definitely separate. Okay, and female, female. Despite that, they have that liberality. Okay, they don't have uh, to put all the abayas on the snitch, but they still want to maintain privacy when it comes to health clubs and also the uh, the spas and the salons. Got it. Very futuristic business. Very interesting and uh, a lot of a lot, lot, lot of insight. Thank you for your time.